0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, this morning when I woke up, I was praying for you, and it it shouldn't be a surprise. I do every morning. I don't pray for all of you by name because it's too much for my brain, but I pray for everybody that calls LFC their church home that comes at Christmas and Easter or comes every Sunday or once a month. Uh, I, I watch online, uh, whatever. I mean, God, God bless you. I pray God's blessing on you. And as I was praying, I kept hearing this phrase, people matter to God. I go, wow. I mean, that's it, Lord. That's what you have to say. And, 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 and it went further than that. The whisper that I believe to be God this morning was that what you do matters to God. Your contribution matters to God. Your, your finances matter to God. Your prayers matter to God. The, the bags of candy that you brought for, for uh, our, our family fun block party matters to God. The, the donations you made for the veteran stand down matters to God. The, the prayers you pray for your neighbor, the, the service you do at the school where your kids go, the trash you pick up on the street where you live, the people that you reach out to, the people that you smile at, that you know are having a bad day, all of that really matters to God. We are the tools in God's toolbox. All of us are. Now, this is a little toolkit. I mean, it's, it's not fancy schmancy or anything like that. It, it's got uh, just American, but it also has metric. Uh, there's 10 millimeter. Anybody familiar with that? Seven thirty second. real common, you, you Chevy people. Uh, uh, half inch and 9.16. Come on, come on. You know, my starter motor was loose, and I had to get my 916th in there, my torque wrench, and torqued it down to the, to the specifications, and, 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 and some people love the, uh, the crescent wrench, and I've seen people use this as a hammer. <laughs> Not intended, but it can work, right? Come on, you know, and uh, pliers, come on, these, these long, you know, needle nose pliers. I, <clears throat> I knew a guy used to. anyway, needle nose <laughs> pliers. It's best to use the tool for what it was intended for, right? So there are people in the world, people in your world, that God's saying, Man, if I could just, if I, if, if I if I could just get a screwdriver, a small slotted screwdriver, to impact their life. And so he looks in his toolkit for you. He reaches down. Where's, where's, the, where's the slot? Ooh, 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 ooh. Phillips. Phillips. Ooh, Allen wrenches, huh? different sizes. Some of you, God is looking at you and saying, if I could only have access to you, because there's a person, there's a young man, there's a young girl, there's, a, there's an older individual who desperately needs what you have. And if you've ever tried to to use the wrong tool, now I know you can't see this from where you are, but this is all kinds of screwdriver heads: five thirty seconds, uh, three sixteenths, one quarter, nine thirty second. Like you might need that. But have you ever tried to get a Phillips screw out with the wrong Phillips screwdriver, and you strip the thing? Mm. Okay. Well, enough about tools. Remember that old soul, Tim, the toolman Taylor? Here's what I know about tools. The right tool for the right job makes things a lot easier. Isn't that good? I'm glad you came to church to learn about tools. Does God have access to you as a tool in his toolkit? Does God have access to his people to somehow serve people in a certain way. See, some of you have great amounts of humor, and God is going to use you for people that desperately need uh, comedic relief. And some of you have the driest sense of humor in the world. The funniest comedian could not make you crack a smile. And there are other people like you in the world that God wants to reach out and go, okay, where's the unfunny tool? <laughs> oh, here, here, here it is. An unfunny with an unfunny. And you two get together and all of a sudden they come to Christ because an unfunny met an unfunny. Yeah. Hey, The other night on our street, it was a lot of fun. And I think about how God uses our church to impact people. But beyond the big parties post-game, beyond the amazing youth night that we had, I mean, we took the laser tag from post-game party and brought it here on Tuesday night. And we had uh, El Palmar come over and make homemade tortillas. I should not talk about food now because your body clock is off, you know. But they made homemade tortillas and and carnitas and carne asada and frijoles and arroz and homemade salsa and chips. And the kids, our youth kids, 86 of them, that was cool, got to line up and get fed and to connect with our youth team. And I was out there watching kids doing laser tag. And this one boy said to another boy, hey, do you know what we do on Tuesday nights, too? We have fun here. They feed us here. And we also study the Bible. We have great Bible discussions. I go, man. It was like a walking advertisement for Elevate Youth. Yeah. I thought, wow. So we did that. We did post-game. We did the big youth night. We did the family fun block party. Yesterday, we did weed and clean. We cleaned up around here. We cleaned the neighbor's properties. We cleaned around D Street. We cleaned up the alleyway. We, we, we had a great time. Some of our people went over to Vaughn's because there was some weeds this high in the street, and they got rid of those too. And, and, and I'm just tired thinking about all we just did. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. In other words, don't use your freedom to be nothing but a consumer where life is all about you. Rather, come on, serve one another in, in love. And how do we get our love? We get it from God. I just have to tell you, this is my pet peeve, and then I'll move on. Can I give you my pet peeve? It's called minimum effort, maximum return. If you own a business, if you are a boss, if you are a leader, you understand what I mean. People that want to do minimum effort and get maximum return. If you're a school teacher, and educator, you know what I mean. They want to come to class late. They want to leave early. They don't want to do their assignment, but they want an A. Minimum effort, maximum return. But but here's what I want to say to you. I want to challenge you a little bit to say, what if we gave God our maximum effort and asked him to multiply it for a maximum return? You might say, well, I don't have very much. That's okay. Lady in the Bible, Jesus talks about her. She had two coins, just two coins, dropped them in. That's all she had. But that's all she had. That was her maximum effort. Uh, don't be a minimum effort person requiring maximum return. In other words, I came in three days to work, now I want five days off. That's minimum effort Try to get maximum return. And we live in that culture. Just want to get by, man. Just, 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 I just want to get by. But here's my challenge today. As we finish this series about love and serve and why we do what we do and the theology behind loving and serving is, is when we serve... We're responding to God's heart, and we become the answer to someone's prayer. Someone's been wanting you to come around and help tighten up their life. Someone's been needing what you have to offer them. There's a marriage out there that desperately needs your marriage to help their marriage. There's someone out there that has no clue about finances, and some of you have been through Financial Peace University. Some of you have great command of your finances. Just think if you took somebody to lunch one day, and you paid for the lunch, and you taught them about how to do a budget. I asked a young couple starting out the other day, I said, do you guys have a budget? You guys know how much income in and how much outgo is? Do you, do, you, do you keep a track of how much you spend each month? And she said, no. He said, I think we should do that. She said, no. <laughs> if I've got to show them all the receipts, No. <laughs> said, great. You know where they're headed, right? Don't you? Yeah. Listen, whatever you do for the Lord will be rewarded. Your life will be better as you give your life to God first, to Jesus first, to to God through salvation. And then you, you, you just, you find areas to serve. Matthew 6, 4, your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. There's no single act of service ever done for Jesus that goes without reward. Now, if you serve and you've got strings attached or manipulated motives, forget it. God sees right through that. But if you just say, Lord, I'm going to try to add value to people around me, I'm going to try to make a difference, guess what's going to happen? God's going to stop and say, Boy, I take notice of that, and I keep really, 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 really good books. So, before we get in the rest of this message, I want to applaud you guys. No, I want to applaud you guys. I'm going to tell you why. For what we've just come through. Post-game, you heard me talk about it. Youth night, you heard me talk about it. Our great, incredible, family fun block party. And, and the reason that I want to show you this video is I want to give you a glimpse of some of what we did, the setup, the behind-the-scenes uh, stuff. Thank you, uh, Jimmy Lamont, for helping us with some video and some great photography and all of that. But listen, thank you. When you fill those candy bins with candy, let me tell you, we ended up with this much left. That was it, you know, from hundreds and hundreds of bags. And, and people came and had a great time. And people we only see at Family Fun Block Party, the only time they come on the church campus. And I'm so glad. Somebody said, well, there's that family again. They come every time to take our stuff and like, good. Let's keep busting because eventually they're going to break down (laughs) because love is going to find a way into their heart. So take a look at this video. Thank you for being an awesome church. Take a look. He was high, but... Yeah, give yourself a hand. It was so great, and it takes many hands to do that. A lot of people setting up, cleaning up at the end, somewhere here till 10 o'clock at night, cleaning up the trash, not only on our parking lot, but adjacent parking lots, and over at the EMV, which used to be the DMV, and not only picking up uh, candy wrappers, but diapers. People had fun at the party and then they, anyway. So uh, God has a mission for us as a church and his plan is to use his church to accomplish that mission. As we've been talking about for several weeks now, First Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever, what? Gift he received to serve others. We're serving together, doing church as a team, living beyond our walls, preaching the gospel the best way we know how. Living heart first. And if we lose our way, we have to correct ourselves back to the heart of the church. A lot of organizations lose because they forget their why. And we we know our why. We we, we know that people matter to God. We know where to love God, love people, serve God, and serve people. And that's what it's all about. And for some of you old-timers, this is a reminder. But for some brand new people who've come to LFC, they may not know why we do what we do. It was interesting that there was an educator who came to the post-game party and said, um, boy, this is great that the city helps you put this. I said, no, no, the city doesn't pay for anything. You pay for it. I mean, you do. You have to rent the aquatic center, so it gives the bathrooms. We have to pay uh, the salaries of those that are serving there on top of it. And uh, no, somebody thought that the schools provided that party. We had to correct them. There's nothing wrong with the schools. If they want to pay, we'll let them pay. But uh, no, it's, it's what you do. And it's what we can all do. We do more together than we do by ourselves. Whoever wants to become great, Mark 10, 43, Jesus says these words. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you or I would have been God coming to earth, I think we would have wanted everybody to serve us. Come on. If you had that much power and control over people, wouldn't you have wanted them to to serve you? And instead Jesus leaves heaven, he comes to earth in human form, and he dies on the cross, and he rises again from the dead. This is always good news, by the way because he served us. So if we're going to serve like Jesus, let me give you three points. Number one, serving like Jesus means being available. Are you available? Can the Lord interrupt you in the midst of your plans, your dreams, your goals, and your ambition? You know, Matthew 20, there's a story. Jesus is on his way to Jericho, and a couple of blind men call out to him, and they say, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus, what? Stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? See, sometimes we study the steps of Jesus. I think it would be good for you to get the Bible out, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and study the stops of Jesus. Not just the steps. Jesus was moving. He went from here to there. But the stops of Jesus. See, I must be willing to be interrupted and inconvenienced, I will tell you, it would have been easier to sit home with a bowl of candy and pass it out the other night. But I decided that I was going to be here with you and I was going to set up and I was going to serve and I was going to clean up and I was going to put the stuff away the next day with some people that volunteered as well and go to storage and all that stuff. I mean, these events are huge and they take lots of planning. And and Melissa Paz and her team, phenomenal job. Scott Betchell. Uh, and his team. Phenomenal job. And we got to be a part of that. Phenomenal church. Everybody gets an applause. Everybody gets a kudo because we were willing to say we will stop and do something for our community. Now, one lady sent me a note and said, Pastor, uh, my legs don't do too good at my age, but I will be home praying for all of you as you serve. I said, hey, we need prayer too, don't we? Come on. Come on. Proverbs 3.28 says, do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you have what they need now. Don't procrastinate when you can serve someone else now. So John Wesley, this old preacher, came up with this great phrase and I'd like you to read it with your best 10.07, 11.07 on that clock voice. Here we go. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, by all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Isn't that good? Come on, that's good. Why? Because Philippians 2.4 says, forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. And isn't it always a struggle with self? Because all of us have legitimate needs. The difference between givers and takers is this. Givers have as many legitimate needs as takers. They've just determined to be givers. That's it. When we order the church budget, we have as many needs as any church. Somebody goes, well, it's a bigger church, which has bigger expenses. That's all it is. Bigger expenses, bigger stuff. And how can we add value to our community? How can we add value to worldwide missions? How can we help young people uh, uh, prepare for ministry through Bible colleges? How can we make sure that different areas, different things in the community are taken care of? But let me also tell you this. As you make yourself available, you cannot do everything. The requests that this church gets every month would boggle your mind can you support this walkathon this readathon this jogathon the softball the baseball the football the football program the wrestling program can you support this school can you do that can you and we get all kinds of requests every month and we have to weed through those the best we can just like you you can't do everything you can't buy every box of girl scout cookies from every girl scout that you ever see once a year can you you can buy some but you can't buy a truckload or a semi-truckload. You can give to some things, but you can't give to everything. And you need to rest. You need to have Sabbath. You need to rejuvenate. Because not every opportunity that comes your way is necessarily one for you to jump into. So we talk about living a filtered life because you just don't want to say everything that comes out of your mouth or you'll be in trouble, right? If you're an unfiltered person, you, you know, oh, I shouldn't have said that, but I did. And now I got to fix it, Right? But you also live filtered when it comes to what you say yes to, the time that you can spend. Not all of you can do every ministry at the church or every ministry in the community. You can't do everything. I know some of you in here, I see some of you, yeah, you would like to do everything because that's the way you're wired. And then we have to pray, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? But then there are people who feel kind of like my whisper this morning, well, I don't have much to contribute. What I would do wouldn't matter that much. But can I remind you of this, and you can write it down. Provisionally, I have everything I need to fulfill God's plan for my life at this moment. See, if God calls you, he enables you. If God calls you to do something that's over your head, he's going to fill the gap. As you mind the gap, he's going to fill the gap in your life because his calling is his enabling. Where God guides, he provides. And he, when he reaches down and, and, and grabs you and says, ah, somebody needs this. You go, but Lord, I'm not really good at it. Don't worry. Remember, who's holding you? See? It's the Lord. This tool has no big power on itself. It just sits there. But, See? So when you're surrendered to God, he can use you. He can do things in you and through you that you'll stop and you'll be amazed. The other night I had to stop for a moment just watching this incredible party and just go, wow, Lord. I remember when we dreamed about taking our party to the street. And I I remembered when, when people had no clue of how we're going to do what we did, and how many generators does it take, and how many lights does it But we figured it out, and it makes a difference. The second thing, number two, is serving like Jesus also means being grateful, grateful. And please forgive me if I just want to brag about you guys for a while, but man, I'm so grateful. I get the pastor a church who lets us boldly go, or some churches don't try to go. And do what others might say is impossible. You know, over 1,200 students come to the post-game party. 1,200 plus, plus. a couple hundred volunteers. You know, just think, just, just, isn't that mind-boggling? And this one girl said she had tears in her eyes. And she was about 1130 at night. And she said, uh, yeah, I'm having a rough time. She said, why? Because I'm a senior. I've been coming to this party for four years. I don't get to come back next year. I said, Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> you, you come and join our young youth our, our young adults group collective on Thursday night, and you can serve. I can. I go, you can come back next year. You can hand out pizza. You'd be great. Pizza hander outer. You know. Just think about that. She had tears in her eyes because of your last year. That's what you do for people. You make them cry in a good way. Come on. Be grateful. Uh, Jesus, his friend Lazarus, you know the story, he's dead. And Jesus looked up John 11 41 and 42 and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. Father, thank you. Right? At the death of his friend, his resurrection of his friend, he's thanking God for what just happened, and then he says, I did it for the benefit of those around me. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be grateful people, because gratefulness always leads to ministry. It's interesting that people think ministers have a calling. You know that, 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 that priest had a calling, and that nun had a calling, and that pastor had a calling, that bishop evangelist had a calling. Listen, all of us have been called to ministry if you know Christ is your savior, we're supposed to emulate him. We're supposed to be stoppable. We're supposed to be inconvenienced. We're supposed to be grateful. Psalm 100 verse two, serve the Lord with, with gladness. Are you glad? Yeah. See, it is God who makes our gifts, talents, and contributions count. I think it's incredible when you think that God could use us, that God could, could re- reach down and, and, and grab you and say, I, I, I've got places for you to serve, and people for you to meet, and someone for you to add value to. They're desperate for you and what you provide. Don't ever sell yourself short. When I was 22 years old, many of you know my story. I, I was asked to take a church at the north end of the San Bernardino Valley, and it was a whopping 31 people. They had four loans on the church. They were 10 months behind on their payments, 40 back payments. I'm 22 years old. Salary is 450 a month, but they cut me 50 bucks cuz I was a rookie. I made 100 bucks a week. And it was so wonderful. It was so so wonderful. And I remember not far from me, about 15 minutes away from me, was a church of 14,000 people. This is before megachurches were commonplace. A four-square church with 21 minutes from me, get on the freeway, 21 minutes, I got to be there. They had 10,000 people. They had two churches, two campuses, four services every Sunday. They shuttled the pastor back and forth. I thought, this is crazy, man. I got 31 people. And wouldn't you know it? In our little nook and cranny at the end of the Seminole Valley, Silmar, there was a Baptist church, the Foothill Baptist Church. They had 500 people. Now, when you got 31, 500 is like that's like a mall, shopping mall. So we got together and we had this little, aren't you, this is great, this little harvest party alternative to Halloween. I came in September, and October 31st, we had this little little, little thing. That's back when you could bob for apples, and it wasn't like gross or anything. And uh, we had a horse trough, and they bob for apples, and we had hay bales. We thought we were something. We had 100 people come to our party, 100 people, 31 church, 100 people came. was and, 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 and I drove by the Foothill Baptist Church, and like 1,000 people at their party. And I went up on this hill over Silmar, and I just said, oh, God. Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> Why'd you call me here? I can't preach like that guy. I, I don't have 500. I don't have 14,000. I don't have 10,000. We have this little dinky church. And Lord, the last nine pastors have been rookies here. The people that have stayed here, the 31, they're tired of rookie preachers. They like me, but they don't like rookies. They want somebody with experience. Lord, what am I going to do? and i heard a whisper i called you i didn't call that preacher down the road i didn't call that other preacher over there i didn't call that preacher on tv i called you to lead these people and i will use you yeah but god my english is not the best and i just i play drums by the way we had no musicians in that church i led worship for 5 years in that church a cappella myself i got a mic It's great for teaching new songs. Anybody know this song? I would sing a solo, then they would all sing it with me again. For five years of my eight years, we had no musicians. It was just me. So one Sunday I thought, I'm just going to bring my drums to church, and I tried to lead worship with just drums. Mmm, not good. (laughs) There was no Tammy on the piano. There was no Jeff on guitar. You know, there was no Devin on bass. It was just... Lord, I lift your name on... It wasn't that good, you know. And people said, don't do that again. I said, why? We won't be back. I said, okay, we won't ever do that again. But the Lord whispered in my soul, if I wanted anybody else to pass through this church, I would have called them. I called you just as you are. And then I heard this whisper, it might apply to you. Just give me what you have and I'll use it. So I started studying in the Bible. Maybe this will be a good study for you. All the people that God called, they were all people that had problems, that had a past, that had issues. And God took ordinary people and did extraordinary things with them. And I learned in that moment just to be grateful with what I had. When I think about how God chooses to use broken human vessels like you and me to accomplish his kingdom purposes, I move with intense gratefulness. I'm so undeserving of being used by God. I'm so undeserving of being able to stand here three times on a Sunday. I I don't deserve the right to to talk about God or open the scriptures to you or tell people that they, they must be saved. But he's called me just like he's called you in your neighborhoods, wherever it is you live, wherever it is you work, wherever it is you go to school. God's called you and you're unique. In that situation, and he reaches down for you and says, Hey, do I have access to your life? Can I use you? The third thing is if you're going to serve like Jesus, it means that you have to be faithful. Listen, dear ones, stay the course. Stay the course. John 17, 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. That's Jesus. Jesus looks up to God in in John 17, some of the last words of Jesus before he dies and, and, and ascends back into heaven. And here's what he says God, I did what you've called me to do. Wouldn't that be great for all of us to be able to say? Now, you may retire, and some of you are retired, or semi retired, or quasi retired, but you never retire from ministry. You never retire from serving. You never retire from service. What motivates us to keep going? Well, 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, the one thing required of servants is that they be what? Be faithful. Just be faithful. Just keep showing up. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah, but I've been trying to reach this person and just keep doing it because you don't know if you're planting. You don't know if you're watering, but we do know God will give the increase. Maybe you're watering somebody else's seeds that they put on someone's life. You don't know that. But just get out there and throw seed. Just get out there and throw water. See, anytime I'm serving in Jesus' name, no matter how small, it matters. Throw yourself at it. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Throw yourselves in the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Do you believe that? Well, three people do, and that's good. Yeah, your body clocks are saying it's time for lunch. There's a lot of people in this church that do things behind the scenes that you never get to see. You don't know the name of the people that clean the bathrooms. You don't know the names of the people that took the tissues, Kleenex, out of the seats from last Sunday. You don't know the names of the people that folded your folders and put the inserts in, do you? You don't know the names of the people that are running the cameras behind this wall back here. You don't know the names of some of the people that are doing things this morning in some of our Sunday school classrooms or or doing nursery. But you know what? Everybody matters to God. And don't mistake anonymous with insignificant. Don't ever mistake anonymous with unnecessary. A few weeks ago, somebody wrote me a note. It was anonymous. I usually don't read anonymous notes. If somebody doesn't have the guts to sign it, I don't really want to read it. And How can I talk to the person? But it was an anonymous note, and it started this way. I just want you to know how much LFC has done for me, how much the ministries here have provided for me. And I want to remain anonymous because I want you to think anybody in the church could have wrote this note. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So I have it in my file. So when I get down the dumps, I have this file called positive notes. The negative note ones, I've shredded all those because you just can't handle them after a while, right? Wouldn't it be great if, if all of you could have been the one to, to write that note or, or for the teacher, maybe the one that teaches your kids, I'm writing you an anonymous note, and I want you to believe it could be any parent in this class, because all of us should be grateful for your existence and the contribution you make to our children. Boy, if you're an educator, you say, yeah, preach it, preacher, yeah. Real servants do every task as if it matters because It does. Because it does. It matters greatly. So Hebrews 6.10 says, He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how you've shown your love to him. Write it down. Shown your love to him by caring for other Christians. And someday, here's my prayer, Matthew 25, 21, that you'll hear these words, Well done, good and faithful consumer. No. know. Well done, good and faithful, help me, servant. You've been faithful with a few things, even the insignificant things. If you're married, how you love your spouse. If you're a parent, how you love your kids. If you're a grandparent, how you invest in them. If you're someone who who finds needs and you fill them in Jesus' name, it's never insignificant. Come and share your master's happiness Servanthood flows out of a life that's surrendered to Jesus and one who realizes we're called to serve one another. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.